Shalom, brethren, and welcome to another edition of Sightofmoon.com. I'm your host, Joseph Dumont, and today we're going to talk about Easter Sunday. But before we do, I've got a few things I want to say here. I first want to thank uh, David, Suzanne, Keys, Jen, Wendy, Bill, uh, Anna Marie, Adrian, Paul, Kimberly, and Stephen. For stepping forward and helping to support SightedMoon.com. Thank you all so very much. Um, I'm not mentioning your last names. I don't want to uh, cause you any trouble. But uh, if you like our programs, please come to the SightedMoon.com website. Go to the uh, donation page. And you can make a small donation. You can make a monthly small donation. $5. Five, even a dollar. A dollar a month. $5 a month. $10, $15, $20, it helps to pay off some of the things that we have to pay for here. And, uh, you know, anyway, I don't want to be harping on that. We're going to talk about tithing here in a little bit. You're going to love it because you're not supposed to be tithing. Ah! Anyway, that's not today. That's another subject for another day. I'm trying to get James back online so we can talk about that um, and present two different points of view. And it'll be a, an interesting debate. I, I'm, I can assure you of that. Now we got a comment here. We got a couple comments this week, and we got a comment from Andre Tiran, Tiran, uh, from South Africa. Shalom, Andre. Danke, danke. That's African for thank you. I'm not going to read all this letter, but he's just basically saying in a way that he thinks he's the only one in, in South Africa, and he's not. And there are many brethren in many different cities all across South Africa, and in, in other cities throughout Africa. They are listening to SightedMoon.com and are reading our newsletter, keeping the holy days and keeping the sabbatical year. So you're not alone. I'm glad to see that you and your house are going to obey Jehovah. Me and my house, we're doing the same. Good to hear from you. And if any others want to write in and share your comments, let us know. And uh, we'll try and read some of them on the air here as we're going. Now you should realize that we are working on or trying to work on having a tour to Africa this year of the Ivory Coast, Burundi, Zambia, uh, Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, Congo, and South Africa. And if this is of interest to any of you listening, please write me, let me know, and let's see if we can start making some arrangements for us to come in and do this, this tour. Uh, we don't know when that's going to be, but uh, the interest is growing and the demand is growing. So we're going to come and we're going to share our teaching about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles and the curses that they present to all the people in these countries and the leadership at some of some of these countries so we look forward to hearing from you about that we also got another comment and uh, let me just see where'd she go from deborah freeman and uh, i'm not sure where she's writing from but she is uh, uh well i've caused her some confusion about the 13th month i'm confused because i understood understood that you did not celebrate a 13th month last year while others did so it would make sense that the barley would not be ready and you would have a 13th month this year. All the same, thank you for your ministry. So yes, uh, Deborah, we did have a 13th month this year. And as I'm recording this, it is uh, Friday, March 24th. We are getting ready for the barley to be declared by the other group or the, uh, you know, the, those people that kept a 13th month last year, they're looking for the barley to begin the year. And that should be later on this week on the 29th of March. 
So we're waiting to hear what they say. We've already declared a 13th month, and from the field results in Israel right now, the barley will not be Aviv by this week. But in, what is it, 14, 16 days from now? March, uh, April 13th, so yeah, about eight, 16 days from now, on Wave Sheaf Day, the barley will be Aviv. And we have the exact same scenario that we had last year taking place again this year. And as I said in a previous podcast, it's almost as if Jehovah is demonstrating to us once again to follow his lead, to follow him. To declare that the barley is not Aviv here on the first of the month, well, the barley is supposed to be, is only, the only reason we go to look for the barley is so that we can have a wave sheaf offering. So the barley needs to be ripe by wave sheaf day. Again, those who are declaring that the barley must be ripe on the first of uh, the new year, well, we don't have a scripture to back that up. If I do cause you confusion, that's, that's a good thing. Please get out your Bibles and prove these things that I'm saying. What I'm doing here in these podcasts is I'm sharing with you something that you can listen to as you drive to work or as you're walking your dog or doing the chores around the house. It's not meant to replace your study session. You must get out your Bible and go and look up these scriptures. And most of the time, these scriptures are written down in our teachings, our newsletters each week. The newsletters each week are much deeper and uh, go a little bit further than what I'm going to do in these podcasts. These podcasts are to cause you to think during the week. The newsletters are to cause you or to show you how to go deeper to prove these things. So that's the, the idea. That's what we're trying to do. And James and I are trying to do it. And hopefully we can get Telesphore on here and he can help share his uh, understanding of these teachings from a brand new person in Africa. Okay, so let's get going. And uh, where are we going to start? We're going to start with um, Easter. Oh yeah, Easter. That's what I'm talking about today. Easter. Now I'm saying Easter, but it's it's really not about Easter. Well, it is kind of, sort of. It's our teaching a few weeks ago. I was on the road to Emmaus. And we've had a number of emails about this. Uh, the one letter I want to read it again is the one that, uh, that caused this discussion, which was, or this study, which was an excellent question. Uh, Dear Joseph, I have a question that I hope you can clear up for me. I love your teachings and have been taught this from other valid scholars as well. And I love it with all my heart. Then, at a Torah study, the Messianic Jewish scholar mentioned Luke 24, 21, where it says that today is the third day since these things were done. So if they were walking on the road to Emmaus on a Monday, I couldn't give a valid reason to the scholar for this verse, as it sounds like it was our Thursday evening from this verse. Other than this, I completely agree with this teaching and would love to be able to figure out this verse. Thank you for any light you will offer on it. Tammy Goose. Goss, Tammy Goss, sorry, not Goose. <laughs> what is going on here is, on the road to Emmaus, the, the two brethren are walking and Yeshua comes back and he's walking with them. And it's on the first day of the week. Sunday, not Monday, it's on Sunday. So, on this Sunday, Yeshua's talking to these guys and they say certain things and it's recorded here. And this is what people are going to use. They're using this verse in Luke 24, 21, saying that three days before is Thursday. Now, I've had a number of people write me trying to convince me that Thursday was the day of the crucifixion. So you got, you know, Thursday is the crucifixion day. So that means he's in the grave Friday 
and Saturday, and he came out of the grave Sunday. Again, these these are brethren that I'm talking about now. These are people that are keeping the Sabbath and the Holy Days, and they're now looking at this and they're saying, yeah, but this proves that he wasn't killed on a Wednesday, like I'm saying, but he was killed on a Thursday, like they're saying. Therefore, Thursday was the Passover that year. And I've had, you know, I've had a number of letters stating this. How do we solve this? How do we, you know, and we went into this in the road to a mess. We went into the article itself. After that article came out, I've had a number of people write me about this and about the three days and three nights. And it wasn't three days. And I get all this stuff. I lay out my proof. Here's the scriptures. And yet these people read the title and they want to argue. And I don't argue with people like that. When somebody is ignorant, it's better that they keep their mouth shut and not prove to everyone else how ignorant they truly are. So a lot of people, you know, they put their brain, their mouth in gear before they put their brains, mouth in motion before they put their brains in gear. I'm not here to beat you up. And if you don't want to listen, great. If you do listen, awesome. I'm here to show you what I've learned and to help you, you know, like, like uh, an AA guy helping you to get away from the crap that you were into before and it gets you on the road to the right path. So I'm showing you the scriptures. I'm showing you what they mean. You don't have to believe me. You can, can, you can continue to believe in the same stupid stuff that you're believing now. It's up to you. <laughs> Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You do. And I'm just trying to help you to understand this stuff better on some of the things that you got questions on. So like Tammy Goss has written here, let's look at this road to Emmaus. Let's look at Luke 24, 21. Let's see if we can answer this question. Let's see if we can understand what's being said here. See, when I first read it, I thought it was going to be easy. And then as I got into it, it got more and more, uh, not difficult, but more and more deeper in trying to solve what is obviously now, looking back, a fairly simple answer. So first of all, we go and we look. We look at the scripture itself. And I'm going to use a lot of different versions here today because it's those versions that are going to help us understand this. So the ISV, ISV, Luke 24, 1. But at early dawn on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. It's early dawn, right? Early dawn. And we're going to read in another verse that's before dawn. Uh, the modern King James, Luke 24, on the first day, first, no, sorry, on the first of the Sabbath, while still very early, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. So, on the first of the Sabbath. So now people are writing me saying that this is saying that this happened on the Sabbath day. This is the first Sabbath day. Well, what does that mean, the first of the Sabbath? Do you even know what that means when you write that to me and say that this is the Sabbath day that they came to the tomb on? So they came to the tomb, according to these people, early Saturday morning. That's the proof that they use that this is the Lord's Day, this is Easter Sunday, and this is justifying them to keep Sunday as their Sabbath. Again, this is the, the, the mindset of a lot of people writing me. They want to keep Sunday as their, their Sabbath. They do not want to keep the Saturday Sabbath, but they want to justify keeping the Sunday as the Sabbath, and they're using this scripture to do it. This scripture in Luke 24.1 is their justification for keeping Sunday as a Sabbath. We're going to blow that out of the water. So just walk through this stuff, okay? Now, what is first of the Sabbath? 
it's talking about the Feast of Weeks. It's talking about the Feast of Weeks. So each week was counted as the first of the Sabbaths, the first of the Sabbath, the second of the Sabbath. Luke mentions a second Sabbath uh, in another, I think it's 6-1. And he's talking about the second Sabbath. Then there's the third, and then there's the fourth, and then there's the fifth and sixth and seventh. And after the seventh is Shavuot, or what they call Pentecost. And Pentecost is a holy day that's kept on a Sunday. So if you were going to use any Sunday to justify the Lord's Day, it would have to be Pentecost. But then that takes you back to Leviticus 23. And if you look in Leviticus 23 and you see Pentecost there, you also see six other holy days that you should be keeping. If you're going to keep Pentecost, which is one of those laws that you said was nailed to the tree and you no longer have to keep, then why are you keeping Pentecost Sunday? Well, it's a commandment in Leviticus 23. So if you're going to keep Leviticus 23, Pentecost Sunday, or Shavuot, then you also got to keep the other holy days of Leviticus 23. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. And like James did in his teaching about uh, getting the leaven out, hypocrisy runs, uh, runs rampant through many, many brethren. We want you to understand the truth. So let's see, let's see. Um, Luke 24, 13, ISV, Luke 24, 13. On the same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jordan. So this verse confirms that the men were walking on the very same day, Sunday, and there is no wiggle room around this. It's Sunday. It's not Monday. It's not Saturday. On the same day, these two followers were walking to the village called Emmaus. That same day is the first day of the week. The first day of the week. That first day is Sunday. Now, in the modern King James Version, we re read in Luke 24, 21. And here's the, here's the, uh, how do I say it? Here's the verse that uh, is causing the trouble. But we had trusted that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. And besides all this, and besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Today. Today is the third day since these things were done. Today, Sunday, is the third day since these things were done. Is that what they said? That seems to be what they're saying, but is that what they said? We have Good Friday, we have the Saturday Sabbath, and now we have Easter Sunday. That's three days, three nights. And today, the third day when he came out of the grave, Easter Sunday, there it is. We have our proof. There's no need for any more discussion. We don't have to listen to Joe Dumont. We don't have to read anything he puts at sight of the moon. He came out of the grave on Sunday. We just read it. So in order for you to be right on this, all these other scriptures that we're going to go look at have to be wrong. Or these other scriptures are right and somebody has fiddled with this one. We're going to show you that part because somebody has fiddled with uh, Luke 24, 21. And they've put in a word that's not there in other texts. Now, I didn't read, write down what version this is from, but here's another version of Luke 24, 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. The third day since these things happened. Since his crucifixion. Well, how does that work? He was killed Wednesday afternoon, so we got Wednesday night. Thursday day, Thursday night, Friday day, Friday night, and Saturday day. That's three days, three nights. And this is early Sunday morning. 
or this is not early Sunday morning because he said to Mary, don't touch me. This is later on on Sunday. It is the third day since these things happened. The third day since when? Since he was put in the tomb, the third day since he was crucified, the third day. So let's, we have to now go to the uh, Strong's Concordance and look up this word since. Because in, in one version it says since and in another version it says today. Is it today or is it since? So let's look at the Greek and see what it says. And that is the Greek word in the Greek uh, section 575. It says primarily uh, pri a primary particle that is away from something near in various sense of place, time, or relation, li literally or figuratively. After, ago, at, because of, before, by the space of, for, from, in, out, of, off, since, with, in composition, as a prefix. It usually denotes separation, departure, cessation, completion, reversal, etc. But nowhere in that definition does it say that it means today. Something to keep in mind. So we've already established in another teaching, and I've gone through it again, three days and three nights, is Wednesday night through Saturday afternoon. That's three days and three nights. And he came out of the grave at the end of the Sabbath afternoon. So the women are going to the grave early in the morning, as John says, while it was still dark. The grave is empty. They go back and tell the apostles. The apostles come and look. The grave is still empty and it's still dark. And then Mary stays behind while the apostles leave and she sees what she thought was a gardener. And he says, Mary, and she turns to him and she says, Rabbi, and goes to hug him and he says, Stop, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father. So that morning at 9 a.m. was the wave sheaf day. And this is why we talk about the barley all the time, the wave sheaf day. At 9 a.m. is the wave offering when the barley is waved before Jehovah. The first fruits of the land. And this time the saints came out of the grave and went with them as representatives of the first fruits of mankind that are going to come. That was the wave sheaf day at that year. That was the first resurrection of anybody ever. After he comes back from that wave offering, Yeshua then goes and talks to the, the, the people on the road to Emmaus. And then he goes to the apostles and says, look, here are the holes in my hand, my side, my feet. Look, touch, feel. Something happened that day. So in the morning, Mary sees them. So again, we're talking about Sunday. I'm not trying to get around Sunday. It's not Monday. It's not Saturday night. It's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning before 9 a.m. when Mary sees them. And then after 9 a.m. when she, he's talking to the, the people on the road to Emmaus and the other people, uh, the apostles in the room. So let's look at some other translations of this one verse in Matthew 24, 21. Or Luke 24, 21. Luke 24, 21. The Moffat translation by James Moffat. But he is dead. And that is three days ago. Three days ago. So Sunday. So Saturday, Friday, Thursday. That's three days ago. Putting him in the grave at the end of th uh, Wednesday. So that could be, could be it. The basic English version, the Bible in basic English version says, in addition to all this, he has now let three days go by from the time when these things took place. James Murdoch translation has it. And lo, three days have passed since all these things occurred. The New Berkeley version in modern English, uh, moreover, these three days have already passed since all these things occurred. The Syriac New Testament uh, and lo, three days have passed since all these things have occurred. 
the ASV, Luke 24, 21, but we hope that it was he who should redeem Israel. Yea, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things came to pass. The BBE, I'm not sure what the BBE stands for, the BBE, but we were hoping, well, let's just skip that part. In addition to all this, he has now let three days go by from the time when these things took place. The CEV, but it has already been three days since all this happened. The Lamsa, New Testament. And behold, it is three days since all these things happened. So the interlinear, uh, interlinear Bible Hebrew Greek says, But with all these things, third this day comes today, since these things occurred. Okay? There you have a number of different translations. This word, translated as since, is the Greek word, se meron, se meron. Uh, as an adverb, as a presumed compound of the article G3588, tau, changed to sigma, and on that, that is this day, or night, current, or just past, genitively, now, that is, uh, represent this, to, or today. So, it means since today, or this day, is now three days past, or three days past since these things happened. What is getting at is that Sunday, three days have already passed. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Three days have already passed. What's going on here? At the Council of Nicaea, certain things took place. Certain nefarious things. In 325, Constantine said the following, It appeared an unworthy thing that in the celebration of this most holy feast we should follow the practice of the Jews, who have impiously defiled their hands with enormous sin and are therefore deservedly afflicted with blindness of soul. Let us then have nothing in common with the detestable Jewish crowd, for we have received from our Savior a different way. What? Up until the Council of Nicaea, Passover was always determined by when were the Jews keeping Passover. And then they would keep Easter Sunday on Waveshief Day. But here, Constantine is now making a split from following anything that's Jewish, anything at all. Theodoret's Ecclesiastical History records the epistle of the Emperor Constantine concerning the matters transacted at the council addressed to those bishops who were not present. It was in the first place, and here's what Constantine said, it was in the first place declared improper to follow the custom of the Jews in the celebration of this holy festival, of this holy festival, because their hands have been stained with crime, the midst of these wretched men are necessarily blinded. Let us then have nothing in common with the Jews, who are our adversaries. Let us studiously of avoiding all contact with that evil way. For how can they entertain right views on any point who, having compassed the death of our Lord, of the Lord, being out of their minds, are guided not by sound reason, but by an unrestrained passion, wherever their innate madness carries them, lest your pure mind should appear to share in the customs of a people so utterly depraved, therefore this irregularity must be corrected, in order that we may no more have anything in common with those, those parasites and the murderers of our Lord. No single point in common with the perjury of the Jews. Did you, did you hear that? Stop this tape and go back and play that again. 
Constantine has a great disdain for the Jewish people and their beliefs. Upon which, one of which, was Yeshua, who was Jewish, who kept the, who kept the holy days according to the Torah. Not according to the Jews, according to the Torah, according to Moses, according to Jehovah. One billion Protestants and another billion Catholics believe that Christ was crucified and entombed on a Friday afternoon called Good Friday and raised again on Easter Sunday morning. And they base this belief upon this word today that has been added to that scripture. And it was added at the Council of Nicaea. Now, let's go and read the Peshetta, the Aramaic Peshetta. It says, Three days have now passed, but the Greek reads, This is the third day. The reader can now decide whether Greek translators stated this to bolster a Sunday resurrection or whether it was a simple translation oversight. Something to think about. I'll read that again. The Peshetta says, it clearly reads, Three days have now passed. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Three days have now passed. But the Greek says, This, today, Sunday, is the third day. You decide who's telling the truth here. From this discussion, we have also got this, this thing going on today. Those are people who keep Passover on the 14th versus the people who keep Passover on the 15th. And it goes back to this scripture. They want Passover on the 14th and they want it on the Thursday. So they can come out of the grave on a Sunday to be the third day today, as it says in the Greek. Do you understand what's going on? The Sabbath is a test commandment. It identifies you as being either in the palm of Jehovah's hand or being outside of his possessed ones, his, his possessions. Those who don't keep the Sabbath are going to hear this said by Yeshua on Judgment Day. Be gone from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. You've canceled the Sabbath based on this one scripture that is mistranslated. And you've based your faith on an Easter Sunday, a pagan day of worship, and made that one of your central themes. Yes, Yeshua came out of the grave. Yes, the grave is empty. Yes, he ascended on high and he ascended to heaven. He's the first one to come out of the grave. And he led a host of captives with him from the grave. We are looking forward to the next wave offering at Shavuot, when those of us who are alive will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and we will be raised up with those who were dead since the time of Yeshua until now, when they'll be raised up and we'll meet them in the sky. You know the scriptures in Thessalonians? But if you don't keep the holy days of Leviticus 23, you're not going to understand this. If you don't keep the Sabbath as a day of rest to worship Jehovah, then you're missing out on understanding what he's talking about. And there's so many things I hear Christians talking about, and it just, it tells me, oh, like I said before, it'd be better for them just to be, for me to think of them being ignorant than to, for them to open up their mouths and show me just how ignorant they are. Get back to keeping the Torah. Get back to keeping the Sabbath and the holy days. Once you start doing that, Jehovah will open up your mind to understand his truths. But the moment you turn away from them is the moment that he stops sharing with you his truths, his understanding, his knowledge, and his wisdom. And we're to pray for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Pray for that. 
But once you've prayed for it, you've got to start acting and learning and growing in that understanding by obeying. Again, Yeshua said, If you love me, keep the commandments. Those who say they love me and do not keep the commandments are liars. Ah, but the commandments are nailed to the cross. They are done away with. Then you're a liar. Because Yeshua says the commandments are not done away with. John, was it John 14, 15? If you love me, keep the commandments. What is the will of Jehovah? The will of Jehovah is that you keep the commandments. First or second John. How do you attain righteousness? You attain righteousness. This is Psalm 119, 172. All your commandments are righteousness. So where's it put on righteousness? That's what the people underneath the, the, the throne uh, in Revelation are doing. They're putting on those white robes. Those are the white robes of righteousness. You put that on by keeping the commandments. Leviticus 23, the Sabbath, the holy days. We're coming up to the days of unleavened bread. Start doing it now. What, can, you know, what more can I say? you got to start doing it now. We, Y'all know we're in the end times. Everyone knows we're in the end times. But if you're not keeping the Sabbath, you're not protected. If you're not keeping the holy days, you're not protected. You're not in the palm of his hands. And he's going to say, be gone from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. So this phrase in Luke 20, 24, 21, it's not today is the third day, but three days have now since passed. Our Father Jehovah, a powerful and great creator, you and only you can remove the blinders from, from our eyes so that we can see and understand. There are people listening, Father, they're trying to understand, they're trying to grow, they're trying to learn. Help them to understand they have to obey. And the more that they obey, the more that you will remove the blinders from them so that they can see. Open up their eyes, Father, to see your truth in your Torah. Open up their eyes, Father, to understand, to obey you. Open up their eyes, Father, so that they'll be protected from the terrible, terrible things that are about to come. Thank you, Father, for the things you've shown us. Thank you for the blessings of your holidays, your holy days, your Sabbaths, your sabbatical years, and the many, many revelations that you give us through them. Thank you for all you do for us, for the glory of your name, and only your name, not my name, not anyone else's name, but for the glory of your name, name Jehovah. Amen.